Welcome to Defeat PPD, where we empower women to overcome anxiety and depression and motherhood without medication. I'm Arielle Wozniak, and I'm a maternal mental wellness coach, and I will be leading you through this journey. Okay, so welcome to episode number 47. Um, Hopefully I didn't say okay too loud right there because I felt like I said it really loud. Um, But today's episode is one that I hope is life-changing for you. Um, This message was absolutely life-changing for me. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just jump right in. So this episode is Ending Racing Thoughts, The Power of Slowing Down. And honestly, I've been, I guess, like a high-speed person for really as long as I can remember, Um, starting off in elementary school and working my way through middle school and high school. I've always wanted to be go, go, go. I've wanted to be on all the time. I always wanted to be the best at literally everything that I tried to do. Um, For most of my my life growing up, that was school. And so I wanted to get A's and everything. A B was okay, but it really wasn't what I was aiming for. I was aiming for an A in everything. Wanted to be in honors classes. Um, When I got to high school, I started to do a lot of extracurricular activities. Um, And so I got involved in acting. And um, now I'm thinking about it, even in middle school, I did like singing and dancing. Um, I was a part of a show choir. Our our big claim to fame was that we performed in Disney World. And so I had a little solo in Disney World at Epcot Theater. Um, But that's besides the point. Like literally, I've just always been running, always trying to get to the next. And so when I was in even kindergarten, I remember they had us draw pictures of like what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I drew a picture of a doctor. And really, I hung on to, to that hope and that dream since kindergarten all the way up to my freshman year of college. And I just had this goal that that's where I was going to end up. I was going to be a plastic surgeon and I would do whatever it took to get there. I knew that that meant that I had to go to school additional years, had to make it into med school, then would have to do a residency and then all those other steps. But I was 100% focused and absolutely wanted to get there. And so that meant that throughout my first year of college, a lot of nights were spent up studying, doing whatever it took to make sure that I was getting the grades that I needed to get. And then I also wanted to have this amazing social life. And so I was 100 in each area that I was in, whether that was, okay, we have to go out and party. So yep, I'm there. Whatever day I will be out having fun with my friends. And if that means I have to stay up until three, four o'clock in the morning on regular nights to get my work done, I will do that so that I can go and enjoy life um, with my friends and have that social life that I wanted to have. And then on top of that, I also needed to work. And so um, at any given moment, I would say from the time I was 14 
up to present, I've had at least one job. When I was in high school and a lot of college, I actually had two part-time jobs. And that's kind of what carried me through and allowed me to go out and have fun and do these different things. Um, But I was just constantly like, what next? What next? Never satisfied. What next? Okay, so you've gotten the, the good grades and now you've gotten to the end of your high school career. You need to get into a good college. Okay, go ahead and apply. Go apply to multiple colleges and hopefully get into all of them, get a scholarship. All right, now what's next? We're at college. We have to excel, do your best. Um, I've never liked to do things that I'm not good at. And I found that once I got to college, that classes weren't as easy as they were in elementary, middle, and high school, which, I mean, it it should be that way. It shouldn't be as easy as it was before. Um, but taking those like advanced science classes in really anatomy and physiology sealed the deal for me that I was not going to be a plastic surgeon as I once thought I would be. Um, in fact, I was not going to be a doctor at all. I needed a different career that I could excel at. And so um, after a little bit of research, found communications, the field of communications, and really kind of dove headfirst into that. And so, like I said, I started my freshman year as pre-med because I was planning to go off to medical school. And so I had lost an entire year to one major, and I didn't want to stay an additional year in college. So that meant that I just needed to speed up. So I started to take some classes on the weekend. Um, I remember for, I think it was a six-week course, um, I actually took a class on a Saturday from like nine to four every Saturday for six weeks. And I was okay with it because I was constantly go, go, go. And I mean, honestly, we're not usually going out to a party in the beginning of the day on a Saturday. So I could go to class from nine to four, whatever time, or might've been nine to five. And then I could go and go out and party that night and still be fine and still keep up that same speed. And so by the time I got to my actual career, I was so used to just flying through life that it actually was a little bit of a a slowdown for me. So when I first started my first job, um, it was a lot slower paced than what I was used to just in life in general. And so I started to take on additional responsibilities in my job and just doing whatever I could to fill my time. I had this inability, or at least what felt like an inability to slow down. I had this inability to stop and to relax. And I've had a number of friends say to me at any given point throughout my life that you that I should relax, that I should slow down and try to do things to, to be more calm and at peace and all those things. But I just, I didn't know how to do it. And again, like I said, if I wasn't good at something, I had no desire to do it. I was good at running fast. I was good at going through life at 90 miles an hour. I was really good at it until I got burnt out. So as a a mom um, of one, of two, of three, and working full time, I really got to this point of just being totally burnt out. And the interesting thing about it is that I would get to this point of burnout and then I would change something and then I would feel kind of okay. And so I would keep going with with that new thing 
for example, like when I was working, when I first started in recruiting, I kind of got burnt out pretty quickly with it. And it was like a, a 45 to 50, sometimes more than that, hours a week that I was working and having two children at the time, I was just constantly like, go, 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 go. I feel like from the time I woke up, I was running until the time I hit the bed, like literally collapsing onto the bed because I was just so tired. And so I brought it up to my manager that I was going to be leaving the position and she asked if I wanted to work from home. And so I figured, okay, let me try that out. And so I went on with that path for a little while until I got burnt out with that. And I would tend to do that a lot in life. I would just go 100% pedal to the metal until I got burned out and then turn and do something else and go 100% as fast as I could, get burned out, move on to something else. And so I had this tendency to just like jump from one thing to another and not necessarily like one job to another, but different functions within the same job or within the same company or working on different types of roles or responsibilities because I would get so burnt out with one thing that I had to just move on to another. It never occurred to me that the actual answer to burnout was to slow down. That never crossed my mind. In fact, when I would try to slow down, when I would try to just sit in silence I was bombarded with all the things I needed to do that day. I was bombarded with every fear, every anxiety, every negative thought that I could ever possibly have. And so I ran from that. I never thought that could be the answer because quite honestly, it produced more anxiety in me than running did. And so I figured running was the solution. I just needed to keep up. I needed to figure out what my next was. I needed to never be content with what I had, but always be striving for the next thing. And so it was 31 plus years of moving ahead at this pace, or honestly, probably not 31, because I'm sure when I was like one and two, I was okay, but you know what I mean. Um, It was years of this constant, full speed ahead, go, 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 never slow down. You can sleep when you're dead mentality. And I recently came across this book and I'm honestly not even, I don't remember exactly how I came across this book, but it's a life giving message that is contained within this book. And the name of the book is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The ruthless elimination of hurry. And the basic concept of this book is that we are, as a society, focused on speed. How quickly can I get to the next point? How quickly can I even drive down the street? How quickly can I progress from this position to the next position to the next position? Or how quickly can I play this game with my children so that I can move on to something else? We are not content with any given moment of silence, any given moment of stillness. 
we've totally done away with the concept of the Sabbath, which is a day to stop. In fact, many of us have trouble stopping for lunch if we're working. We feel like, no, I just have to keep going, keep going, keep going. And we don't ever just take that moment to to stop, just totally stop and eliminate hurry. And so it was something that I needed for years and did not know that I even needed. And so when I was reading this book, it really inspired me to kind of go, trying to think of the right word here, to just do the opposite, the total opposite of what I've been doing. Instead of trying to be more, live more, get more, why don't I do less? Why don't I get less? In the process of doing all that, I actually experience more. And so the process for me started with my closet. Might seem like the unlikeliest of place to start. Um, but I took everything out of my closet, all of my clothes. I've yet to do this with my shoes, but I honestly don't have a ton of shoes. So it probably won't make a huge difference. But I started with my clothes and literally filled up the entire bed with piles of clothing. And I went through all the clothes and kind of Marie Kondoed it and kept the items that brought me joy or had some real use and that I actually wore on some regular basis and got rid of everything else. And so when I finished this process, I put all my items back in my closet or most of my items back in my closet. My husband put some of them because he's better at folding than I am, but besides the point. Um, And so I filled up bags with the clothing that I decided I no longer needed. I had a trash pile and then like a donate pile and the pile that was the items that were going back in my closet. And the smallest pile was the trash pile because most of the items that I had were usable items, but there were some shirts that might be kind of cut or like tathered or whatever you would call that. Um, And so I threw those items out, very few of them, maybe like five or so. And then I filled up four large garbage bags of clothing that I really don't have any purpose for. And that I simply kept because I like to have more things or feel like I have more things or something psychologically. And so put all these bags together and got rid of those things. And what I have now in my closet is very simple. It's a very easy process process for me to walk in and decide what I'm wearing on any given day because there's not a whole lot to choose from. Very simple items that are easy to kind of throw together and have simplified my life and made that a, a more peaceful process for me every morning to decide what I'm going to wear. The next thing that I did was a little bit more drastic than getting rid of the clothes for me. But I decided to go on a seven-day fast from my phone. And not just from my phone, but from really all technology that was not used for work. And out of those seven days, only three of those days I was actually working. I took two days off and then the others were weekend days. And so I only worked for three days and had the opportunity to stare at a computer for those three days. But otherwise, I was totally disconnected from 
anyone outside of my immediate family that was in my house. I had no connection to anyone else. And I realized during that time that my phone filled some sort of void for me. And then I went to my phone several times throughout the day whenever I was bored or just needed some sort of noise or entertainment. And I didn't have that anymore. So for seven days, I had a ton of silence. I had silence in the morning before my kids would wake up. I had silence in the evening when they went to bed. I had silence throughout the day when we were just having kind of our quiet time. And initially that silence was very angst provoking. I felt very anxious when I was just sitting still, like honestly, like got to do something, got to get up kind of anxious. And I refused to respond to that anxiety. So gave up my phone entirely for that week. And I learned so much, honestly learned so much throughout that time. Um, I wish it could have been longer. I truly wish that like I would have had seven full days without technology, but working obviously means that I have to use a computer and have to be able to connect in some sort of way. Um, but just that that intentional period, even of just the the four days straight where I didn't have any connection to technology, it was very, very peaceful. In addition to learning that I filled my time with busyness and with technology and feeling like I was connected to people, I learned that I really wasn't that connected to people. Like, honestly, when I came back from this fast, it wasn't like anyone was pounding down my door like, hey, we missed you so much on social media. We missed you texting us so much. I have a a really good friend who I was still able to communicate with because I did check my email once a day. Um, and still was able to like write her a letter or something. And it felt very like back in the old days, which I know back in the old days, I didn't have any, um, any computers or any way to send out an email. You had to send an actual physical letter, but I had to actually wait until the next day to hear back from her. I didn't just write an instant message and then get an instant reply. And so it, it kind of cut off this, this need for instant gratification. I think as a part of the microwave generation, I've gotten really used to just getting things when I when I want them. As soon as I, a question pops into my head, I can immediately Google it and get a response. As soon as I think of someone, I can send them an instant text message and they can reply instantly to me. I can go onto Amazon and order something. And now there's like delivery within a couple of hours if you want it. But even the standard is two days. And when it takes any longer than two days, I feel like this is taking a long, long time. When back back in the old days, I remember I ordered a digital camera. This had to be like 15 or so years ago. And it, take like, it took like seven to 10 days for it to come. And I waited in anticipation and not once did I feel like, ah, too long, not two days. I was I had so much more patience then. And so... Through this, not only did I not respond to the calling of anxiety, so when the calling of anxiety wouldn't want me to get up and do something, I did nothing, but
But I also went through this intentional process of what the author of Ruthless Elimination of Hurry calls gamifying. Um, And it's essentially like playing some sort of game that increases your patience. So one example might be always driving the speed limit, not going one mile above it. So if it's 35, you are absolutely going 35 miles an hour. Even if everybody else around you is going way quicker than that, even on the highway or choosing the longest line in the grocery store, purposely choosing the longest line in the grocery store. These sort of things that delay gratification build patience in you. And so I did a lot of that. I also intentionally walked slower. If you've ever walked with me anywhere, you know that I am a very fast walker. I am a slow run when I'm walking. And so for me to slow down my walk was challenging in the beginning, but I started to walk at a slower pace. I would cook at a slower pace. I even slowed down the pace of talking. To get to this point of really being slow and at peace. And what happened over the course of that seven-day time period, the more I sat in silence, the less uncomfortable it felt. And then it got to this point of me looking forward to these moments of silence and solitude. And since that time has passed, I've carried that activity of sitting in silence with me. And I wake up earlier than everyone in the house. And I sit in silence for a few moments. Then I'll read my Bible. I'll journal. And again, I'll just sit in silence. Doing absolutely nothing. The greatest part about it, I think, is that I always had this idea that I had to move fast. Like I had to to go, go, go because there were so many things to be done. I had to do all the things. All the things are waiting for me when I come back. And so I can take this break. I can take this opportunity to stop and to slow down because all those things will still be there when I get back. It's not as if, if I don't do them, then I don't even know what I thought would happen if I didn't do them quickly. Like someone would be disappointed or I don't know, but they're all still waiting. So if there are dishes to be done at the beginning of my silence and solitude moment, they're still there in 30 minutes, 30 minutes of peace, quiet. They're still there. And what I gain is this tremendous peace that truly surpasses all understanding. Before I started this process of slowing down, I honestly, um, I was living in in a bit of chaos and anxiety, especially after like all the knowledge that we've had come about for COVID-19 and all of that. Um, I just felt very much like out of control and not really knowing what was going to happen. And that was just really, I don't know, it just made me feel really anxious. 
And so this slowing down period really gave me a different perspective. I'm not worried anymore. I have a peace. I have a joy. I have a calm. I think that's been one of the biggest things is like I have this this different perspective on life where I used to, for example, play with the children for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes before I was like, okay, mama's done. I have to go do X, Y, Z. I've got to wash the dishes. I've got to, I don't know, do something. And now I can sit and enjoy these simple moments without having that anxiety attack. The anxiety has lost its power. And I won't say that it absolutely never comes and I don't feel anxious and I, I'm just great playing with my children for hours on end. I'm not quite there yet. But I am to this place where anxiety does not have power over me. And I can forget at moments and slip into those moments of hurrying and listening to that more of that voice of hurry rather than the voice of peace. But I bring myself back, bring myself back to slowing down. And if that means that you have to physically slow down your body, then that's what you have to do. Slow down your mind, slow down your body. They're connected together. And I think one of the things that's really powerful powerful for each of us is that God gives us a Sabbath. He made the Sabbath day for us. It's this day of resting after you've worked really hard for six days. You take a break and you stop. You just stop. You stop the doing. You th- stop the worrying. You stop anything that's not feeding you well. You stop it. Not today not on the Sabbath. This is a time of building up. This is a time of peace. This is a time of joy. This is my filling up, the filling of my cup so that I can pour into others throughout the week and I can be the best mom that I want to be. But first, it starts with you. And so what I want to invite you into is this the slowed down pace of life. And that doesn't mean that you have to give up your phone for seven days. It doesn't mean that you have to totally disconnect from the world or go off into the woods, off on the grid or on the grid or off the grid. I don't know. It doesn't mean any of that. All it simply means is this process of slowing down your life. And it can look different for each of us. I'd encourage you to take a Sabbath for sure to have that one day a week where you are just totally being filled and not having to pour out or worry or concern yourself. But slow down your body and allow your mind to catch up with that slowed down pace. When your mind catches up with the slowed down pace of your body, your thoughts start to slow down. And so you will no longer feel like you have these racing anxious thoughts that you ha- <coughs> excuse me that you have to get up and go and do something 
in the beginning, it is extremely uncomfortable for someone like myself who is used to constantly running, constantly going. I have to do more. I have to be more. What's next? But what you gain in return is worth that uncomfortable feeling in the beginning. So before I end this episode, I just want to give you a couple of practical um, applications for your life of things that you can do if you want to experience this type of peace. So for me, like I said, I did that seven-day period of being without my phone. Um, You can do something like that. You can do longer. You can uh, do less. You can take your email off of your phone. That's been huge for me. I removed all email from my phone, including my personal email, my work email, any email, not on my phone. You can set certain hours when you'll actually do specific things. So you might have certain social media hours where, let's say every Monday from 12 to 12.15, you'll check your social media. And I know that sounds like a very limited amount of time, but really, what are you gaining from social media? You answer that question. Um, So set certain hours for social media. Um, You can set certain hours for specific tasks, like here's my time when I'm actually going to be doing my dishes. Here's my time when I'll be doing grocery shopping or making a grocery list. And start to plan out some of those things so you don't feel that, that need to hurry. You don't have to rush and do all of these things. Know that you have time. You plan your day. Don't let your day run you. And you decide what things you're going to get done that day. You decide when you're going to get those things done. Don't give in to this this feeling of hurry, go, go, go. Slow down. Some other things you can do is that intentional process of walking slower, talking slower, or doing any number of tasks at a slower speed than you normally would. Those are just a few of the ways that you can slow down your life. And what I can guarantee you is that if you stick to it, you will experience peace, you will experience joy, and you will experience a new outlook on life. So give it a try. See which ones will work best for your life and try those ones. You don't have to do the same things that I did as a lot of my life. Um, We're all moving at different speeds and all of that. And if you're interested in taking a Sabbath, know that a Sabbath was a day that was made for you to rest. And I want to encourage you that you don't just take this day as a day of like binging on Netflix, but actually do things that are going to feed your spirit. I don't know anyone who's had, let's say, 12 straight hours of just binging television and then feel feels like, oh, I'm so empowered and uplifted. I can do great things now. And so think about it differently than that. Um, of course, there are shows that would be uplifting or might be humorous and that sort of thing. But um, I would encourage you to read your Bible throughout that time, 
spend quality time without technology with your friends and family. Um, so you're truly present to that moment and just doing things that are life-giving. If you don't enjoy cooking, then maybe either preparing meals the day before or just ordering a meal. And let's say you decide to take like Saturday as your Sabbath and on Friday night, you're calling in to order that meal so that you don't have to even worry about it the next day. Those sort of things makes for make for a peaceful and relaxing Sabbath. And Sabbath doesn't mean that like, man, I need to get my kids away because they're loud and they're not silent or they don't have peace or whatever. That's not what this is about. Um, you should be spending time with your friends and your family, kids included. You should be just enjoying all of God's creation and just finding the blessings in your life. That's what the Sabbath is about. And then you can reconnect to technology the, the next day. It'll be there waiting. Social media will not have changed. All those people will be there. Um, I think one other thing I want to mention before I end this, for me, I felt like I had to stay connected, like someone was depending on me or something. Even when I took time off from work, I felt like I had to check my email because what if there was something really important and someone needed me? And one thing that was really cool to come back to, I had an email that someone sent out to me on Friday. Um, so I was off on Thursday and Friday. And someone sent the email early in the day on Friday saying that they needed help with a certain um, request within our, I guess it's a, within our system. Um, so someone needed help with, with a certain request within our system and they couldn't figure it out. And so they emailed me to help them. And obviously since I was out and taking that time away from technology, I did not see that email. And so I saw it on Monday, but I had the intention to go through emails in the order that I received them. And so by mid-afternoon Monday, I had not yet responded to this individual's email. And they emailed me back saying, hey, I actually put in a technology ticket. Um, and so I'm all set. And to me, that was like, yes, that is great. You do not need me. I am not the all-powerful, all-knowing, everything for everyone. You'll be fine without me. And so if I had taken off even longer than that, he would have still survived. The issue would have been resolved and everything would have been fine. And so I know a lot of us will say, oh, I can't totally disconnect from technology because this person might need me or there might be an emergency or something of that nature. Then set up a plan that you put your phone away, but you put um, some sort of filter on it. So it's um, kind of like that do not disturb filter, but only these emergency contacts will be able to get through. And if someone has to call you and there is a true genuine emergency, then they can reach you that way. But I'd say like 99.9999999% of the time, everyone will be just fine without you for that day. I know that came out a little rude, but what I mean is that you are not the, you are not everything. You can't do everything. 
You need that rest. You need that time of Sabbath. And God is the one who's in control and he can handle that situation just fine without your help. He will be able to handle it without your help. Ultimately, you're not in control anyway. So rest. Take that time to rest. Slowing down has taught me a lot. And I'm sure there are still more things that I will continue to learn throughout this lifelong journey, hopefully, of living a life that is at a slower pace, that's not trying to keep up with the Joneses, that's just truly trying to find peace in a world of chaos. So I hope this message um, is received the way that I received it. I hope that you get this, just this spark of curiosity in a life at a slower pace and take me up on some of these challenges. Start to live that out in your own life. And if you're interested in like learning more about it, then go ahead and order the book off of Amazon, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I'm sure that you will take away a lot more from the book than this short episode can even give to you. Um, and that's kind of just the things that I took away uh, and how I made some changes in my own life. But there are still things that I'm making changes on right now, and I'll probably share in upcoming episodes, different practices that have been beneficial to me. Um, but yeah, take some time to slow down. And as always, um, if you need me, you need someone to talk to, you just want to reach out, feel free to reach me by email, um, info at defeatppd.com. That's I-N-F-O at defeatppd.com. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I said that today's episode would tell you why I had taken some time away from social media. And honestly, I'm still taking a bit of time away from social media. I'm going on once to one to two times a week um, and only for 15 to 20 minutes at a time. So if you reach out to me on social media, I'll likely not get it as quickly as I would an email. So yeah, email will be the best way to reach me until further notice. But otherwise, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you will take this challenge and slow down your life and slow down your thoughts at the same time. Bye. Have you heard the news? We've started a mailing list. You should definitely join the Defeat PPD mailing list to get exclusive content that we will only be sending out to the members of our list. This is just another way for you to stay connected to me and for me to connect with you. I hope that you'll join us. You can add yourself to the list at www.defeatppd.com.